This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis, which that's the coolest book to turn to because it's the first book. And it's the book of beginnings. Go to Genesis 24. And this morning, I, I have a word. In our church, we started off uh, in January, 21 days of uh, seeking God. And we declared this to be the best year yet. And I want you to write that down. 2017, not only for Pastor Chad, Julia, Zoe Church, but you, is going to be the best year yet. I want you to look at your neighbor and give them a fist bump, say, best year yet. Look at your other neighbor, say, focus. And I believe that the best year yet, it comes when we begin to focus on God. Our church entered in not only praying and fasting, and we were doing that so we would focus on who God is, not what God can do for us, but who he is. And what's interesting in prayer and fasting, I hate people who love fasting, okay? I don't know if you've ever met someone who kind of talks with a breathy tone, I'm going to miss fasting. It's like, who are you? I mean, I, I, I hate fasting. People, you know, they fueled up to fast. They, they, they ordered clean drink. I went to McDonald's, and I ate a Big Mac to fuel up before the fast. Now, my wife, she kind of changed her fasting with every meal. She started off with juices, and she went to soups. By the next day, for breakfast, she added salads. Then by dinner the next day, chicken, then beef. She ended the fast with Snickers. My God, come on. And what's interesting, I don't know if you've ever met someone, but in our church, they actually had people who gained weight on the fast, you know? And they go, my gosh, what are you doing? Nothing but liquids, Pastor, nothing but liquids. I said, yeah, you put an Oreo in the blender, a Krispy Kreme's in the blender. Babe, get a Snickers bar, put it in the blender, let's just liquefy, you know? And it's like, my God. And, and so I, I am not a good faster. That when we fast, we really are wanting to have a clear picture of who God is. Everyone say best year yet. And you know what's amazing, and we helped start two churches, not only one in Seattle, which now is pastored by Pastor Judah Smith, and that church started with 40 people, and it now has over 10,000. Five years ago, we started the City Church in Ventura. We have a second campus in Agora, and we're running over 1,200, and it's something that we begin to listen to God's learning. However, when we begin to hear together as a church, then nothing will be impossible for us, and we will have the best year yet. Can you say amen? But really, we want to respond to God. I want you to say it one more time. Say best year yet. Say focus. Listen. Respond. And there really is only one response to God and that is faith. Faith is the only proper response to God. And if believing is the only response to God, then believing is demonstrated by giving. Do you get that? If believing is our only response to God, then believing has to be demonstrated by giving. Now, you can give without believing, but you cannot believe without giving. Did you get that one? You see, we can give all the time and not believe, the per believe in the person we're giving to, but we cannot believe without giving. And I just want to say today, giving is going to open up the windows of our soul where our world in this church is going to get larger and larger, and it will be the best year yet. Amen? 
Now, if you're in your Bibles, Genesis 24, let me give you a little bit of a background. Uh, Abraham is advanced in years, but he's still doing P90X. He's shredded. He's cut up. And the Bible says this, that God, the Lord, blessed Abraham, please get this, in all things, not just spiritual things, not just church things. God is going to bless you in 2017 in all things. And this will be the best year yet. And we're here as one of your leaders, as an elder, to release an anointing, a supernatural anointing of giving on this church that is going to change your life forever. Amen. And his son Isaac is of age to have a bride. And Abraham went to his unnamed servant and said, hey, don't go to disharmony.com and get a wife for my son Isaac amongst the daughters of the Canaanites. But go back to my home country, Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor and get a bride for him from my family. Kind of like people from Louisiana and Arkansas. You might go to a family reunion to get a date. I married my fifth cousin. Amen. My kids are good looking, but they're slow at math. That's what happens when you're from the South. <laughs> Best year yet, <laughs> you know. So anyway, Abraham tells his son named servant, he says, put your hand under my thigh. Now, that's not a handshake, a high five, a fist bump, or a booty tap. It's a little bit more than that. And he said, you need to make a commitment to me that you will do this. And then so let's pick up. In verse 10, we're going to begin to read about Abraham's unnamed servant. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed for all his master's goods were in his hands. Everyone say 10. All. all. Say all. all. 10. And he goes on, he says this, all of his master's goods were in his hand, and he rose and he went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day, and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of men, the men of the city, are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may, may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know, everyone say faith, faith. that you have shown kindness to my master. Now go all the way down to verse 20. We're going to read verses 20 and 22. It says, then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back. She didn't walk. She didn't sashay. She ran back to the well to draw water and drew water for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Verse 22. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring, weighing a half a shekel, and two bracelets for her wrist, weighing ten shekels. Everyone say ten of gold. Then verse 53, go to verse 53. It says this, then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. Everyone say camels. In cash. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 11, the book of wisdom, and let's look at verse 24. I'm going to read from the message paraphrase. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. It says, But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. One more verse. Go with me now to James chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 14 and 17. 
It says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? I'd like to say it this way. If someone says he has faith but they don't give, can that type of faith save them? Let's go now to verse 17. And let's read this. It says, thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Or we could say it this way. Faith by itself without giving is dead. It stinks. Someone say camels. Say cash. Hey, take one of your hands. Just say camels. Say it again a little bit louder now. Camels. And then say this. Say cash. Say cash. Say camels. My God, we just brought back the Macarena. Amen. And you got to know camels and cash open up windows. I don't know. Have you ever been into someone's house who has a cat? And you walk in, they've invited you to dinner. And you go in their house, and they have a cat. And I just want to tell you, I need to go public with this. I hate cats. And I would totally, sorry if you have one, I would bring back Old Testament sacrifice if I could sacrifice my neighbor's cat. I mean, have you ever been in someone's house, and the windows are shut, and they have a cat? And it's like, somebody has to tell these people, your house stinks. Come on. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Pope, they just found out he is a cataholic. Catholic. Oh, come on, Zoe. Some of the seven o'clock attenders will get that tonight during the Super Bowl. You know, my, I have three sons, and they're now, they're married, they're all married, and I'm a granddad, as I said earlier, and their rooms always smelt so bad. It smelt like you took a dirty tennis shoe and put it in a microwave oven, and it's like somebody has to tell these boys, your room stinks. Now, have you ever a friend, do you have a friend that smokes, and you go in their car, or you go in their house, and they always get the windows open, and trying to do like this, and they have, you know, the sign on the door, Joshua 24, for, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We smoke, but we're going to serve Jesus, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever been to a friend whose house they smoke, they toke, they vape, you know, and you go in there. And they're trying to open the windows and just kind of sand it like you're not going to smell it, you know. And they go, Pastor Jew, Pastor Jew, because they sound like a smoker. Pastor Jew, am I going to go to hell because I smoke? No. You have a relationship with Jesus. You're going to go to heaven. Now, you'll die sooner and you'll smell like hell when you get there. Smoke on, you know. I mean, come on. Somebody needs to know your house stinks. You know what I'm talking about? And, and you know what's amazing for, <laughs> that is funny, come on, my God. You know, it's really, really amazing. Many people, now I'll tell you, a bad smell. We live on the ocean in Ventura, and so you could smell the breeze all the time. But when we lived in Seattle for 20 years, it is horrible to live up north. You should be glad you live in L.A. So you had three days of rain. Shut up, Okay. <laughs> I mean, people up north, they have to light candles and have this stuff called potpourri. No one in L.A. knows what potpourri is. Like, that's going to put a fresh breeze in your stinky, black, mold, musty house. Open up the windows. You know what I'm talking about. Now, look at me. Say this with me. Say camels. Say cash. Say cash. Say camels. Say open. Camels and cash always open windows. Now, you see, there are two types of giving. There's one type of giving that we begin to give of that which is in our hands. And that which is in our hand represents our gifts, our talents, our work. Get this, our time, our energy. Let's just say it like we're from Mississippi. Our blood, sweat, and tears. So it represents who we are. You know what I'm talking about? 
that we come in this church is already known it's famous in this city that they have so many people on teams that when we come to church we're not spectators it's not just going to be like the super bowl where we have our guac and we eat our chili and our hands smell like onions but where we're spectators and we cheer no we are a part of the team and when we come to zoe church we leave it all on the field can you say amen and you see there's two ways to give you could give camels everyone say camels and you can give cash, and camels just represent us giving of our resources, that which is in our hand, our work. Now, for years, I always thought this. I thought that my giving, my giving of my time, my energy, my effort, and giving cash, that it opened the windows of heaven. And oftentimes, when I heard a verse in Malachi 3.10, it was a blogger way, way back when, before Christ was born. He was a forecaster. And, and like a meteorologist, he was saying, if you give 10% or your tithe, he says, it will open the windows of heaven. But if you did not give money, cash, to God, you would be cursed with a curse. So for years, I gave money because I thought I would be cursed. Or I gave my time because I thought I would be cursed. I want to go on the record. I want to publicly announce something, put it on YouTube, Twitter, all over. We cannot be cursed. And we cannot be cursed because Jesus Christ, who was the most blessed, omni-blessed, became a curse that you and I would be blessed. And the windows of heaven are open, not whether I give or serve or not. They are open because of who Jesus Christ is and what he did on that cross. They're forever open, eternally open. And there is an air, a breeze of grace that is flowing through the world today, not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. Come on. Now, let me say this. I live by the ocean. What would it be if there's a beautiful breeze coming off the Pacific Ocean, but every window in my house is closed? Somebody needs to tell me your house stinks. What would it be that the windows of heaven are open, but we don't give of our energy, our time, and we don't give of our resources, then the windows of our soul and the windows of this church will be shut while God's windows are already open. He's already wanting to reach LA. Can you say amen? So everybody say camels, say cash, say cash, say camels. Now, you know what's interesting? When it begins to talk about camels, it's really interesting. It says she ran. Now, you need to begin to understand. We should understand when Abraham was talking to the unnamed servant, and he said, hey, don't go to eHarmony, Disharmony with the Canaanite website. It wasn't that God was against certain people. You need to know this. Our God has always been inclusive. In fact, if you begin to go to Ancestry.com and Jesus' Ancestry, you will see that he had a gal named Rahab, another one named Ruth. God was always inclusive. So what was Abraham saying? You see, we could give and not believe, but we cannot believe and not give. And how can L.A. or how could that unnamed servant begin to tell, you know, if someone had faith or not? It wasn't because of where they came from. The daughters of the land of Canaan, they didn't believe, therefore they didn't give. And if we believe, the greatest response to God is believing, and the greatest response to believing is giving. And so the servant began to pray. And I, I have an announcement for someone here. I believe in 2017, this will be your best year yet. And I want you to begin to think and ponder the prayer of this unnamed servant. 
When you and I begin to include a local church in our leader, our pastor, Chad and Julia, in our prayers, then I'm telling you right now that we will begin to have prayers answered. Think about this. The Bible says, this unnamed servant says, God of my master Abraham. Will you please show me the girl, the woman who offers to water the camels? Can I say when we begin to put into our prayers a local church and her pastor, things are going to be answered so much. It says while he was still speaking, God answered. Come on. Can you say amen? Now everyone say pray about everything. Say constant prayer. You cannot pray long and pray about everything or you would wear yourself out. You see, short prayers get quick answers when we involve local church, God, and our leader in those prayers. God will begin to answer your prayers in 2017, and this will be the best year yet. Amen? Amen. People ask me all the time, how did you get your beautiful wife? I prayed. I walked around in a church service seven times. It was short, but he answered me quickly, married her. Hey, come on. She said, what are you doing? I said, naming, claiming, confessing, possessing. Girl, I'm a blab and a grab. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Everyone say prayer. prayer. And it's amazing. This guy begins to pray, and the answer's already there. How many of you, when you're watching your favorite, I don't know, sitcom, drama, uh, HGTV, do you like Fixer Upper? I hate it, but my wife likes it, and I like my wife, and she's fixing me up. Amen. I mean, how many lazy people out there, you're, you're just timing it, you're really hungry, and you don't want to get up and go get Oreos, and you see your significant other puts their foot on the uh, floor, and you know they just get up and go, babe, since you're up, can you get me a Coca-Cola? Get the Oreos. I've been fasting. Come on, girl. <laughs> you know? Now, you got to get this. When it says, he said, hey, whatever the young woman that offers, that offers to water the camels, that wasn't like a little act of kindness. A little act of kindness will not reach this city. The Bible says the young woman ran. Now, I don't know about you, but in the last election, I don't know why. Why did I vote for Proposition 67? It's not legalized marijuana. Maybe even got a headache. Can you go to CVS and get some of those brownies, <laughs> you know? I was deceived. Proposition 67 said we need to keep the planet green so no more bags at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. So you go shopping, you have a whole cart filled with groceries. They check out and they go, do you have a bag? You go, no, uh, yeah, I have 30 of them in my trunk and you buy more bags. It's like, I hate you. I don't care. I want the planet to be plastic. Give me bags. Come on. <laughs> now, you got to begin to think about this. It wasn't like the young woman, hey, babe, can you give the doggy a little water in his bowl? I want you to begin to think, if you have 10 camels that have been on a long journey, at the very least, she had to get 500 gallons of water. Some people say a 1,000 gallons of water. You know what that's like? Going to Ralph, Vaughn's, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. You have any back? No. Yeah. Ah, uh, come on here. One gallon here, one gallon there. It was hours of work that he began to see her faith. How can they see our faith, Zoe Church, if they cannot see our giving? And our giving isn't just going to be a tip. It is going to be our very effort, our energy, our work. Can you say amen? Somebody say camels, say cash, say cash, say camels. 
And again, it doesn't open the windows of heaven. It opens up the windows of our very soul that we begin to experience Jesus Christ in giving. Everyone say, give what's in my hand. Give my resources. You know, it's really amazing. In uh, the 10th verse, it says this. So he departed. Please get this. Your life is going to change on this. My life changed when this came to me. He said, so he departed with 10 of his master's camel. And all, get that, all, everyone say 10, all. Say 10, todo. Oh, my God, my Spanish is overwhelming. <laughs> 10, all. He said he had departed with 10 of his master's camels, and all his master's goods was in his hand. Wait a minute. Abraham had more than 10 camels. You say, what is tithing? Tithing begins to do, the purpose of it is that we worship God. When we tithe, we begin to declare the greatness of God. Think about the name of this church, which represents not only Chad and Julia, but it represents you. Zoe Church. Speaking the very life of God, that our God is living. You see, it says this, when we participate in the Lord's table, communion, in Corinthians it says we proclaim his death till he comes. But in Hebrews, it says, when we tie, that we proclaim and witness that he lives. You see, when we begin to tie, that's only 10%, we proclaim that God lives. We honor God. Everyone say, in the 10 is the all. You know, it's interesting. The Bible says this, Jacob, his soul literally died within him because he thought Joseph, his son, was dead. The brothers go down to Egypt. They find out Joseph is alive. Joseph sends, get this, it's a principle in the Bible, he sends 10 wagons, and it says all the wealth of Egypt was with him. Well, we know he didn't have all the wealth of Egypt, but you see, the all is in the 10. And hear this, it says that Jacob's soul came alive. There's someone here, a part of you has died. You hardly don't want to believe this year, but we're going to crown your 2017 with God's glory, with his abundance, and it's going to be your best year yet. You're not only going to get Give up what's in your hand. You're going to begin to give God your resources again because in the 10 is the all. And the Bible says when Jacob saw the 10 wagons, his soul revived again. I believe when L.A. begins to see the generosity of this church, her soul is going to be revived again. Can you say amen? Everyone say in the all is the 10. And there are many biblical figures. Abraham had an encounter where Melchizedek, which they say was a type of Christ, came out and he gave him a tenth of all. Jacob, he made a commitment to God. And he says, if you bring me back here, I will give you a tenth of all that I have. How many commands do they have? They have, there are 10. I'll I'll give you the answer, okay? (laughs) So let's try it again. How many commands do they have? Someone go, what, six? I don't know, three, you know, 400? My God, no. Everyone say 10. Now, you know what James says? Jaime says this, you break one, you break them all, because in the 10 is the all. Can I tell you right now, my money is not holy. It's just money, and neither is yours. You see, when I give, it doesn't open the windows of heaven, and when you give, it doesn't open the windows of heaven. They're already open. Why? Because of who and what Jesus Christ did. But when I come and I not only give my time, some of you are very good at serving, but you haven't given of your resources yet. And you see, giving in this way, it takes trust in God. 
And I love it that this unnamed servant said he had 10 of his master's camels. He not only gave her a gold nose ring and uh, bracelets that were 10 shekels. He blessed her mom. He blessed her brother. He didn't say, hey, look, if the trip's okay, we're going to have to look at the budget. and We'll wire you some money. He gave not only of his time, but he also gave of his resources. And God caused the windows of their soul to open up and they would never be the same. Can you say amen? You know what's interesting, uh, our church in Ventura, we have probably at least nine doctors, and they have this uh, resident doctor, Dr. Paul, his wife's Lynn, and they have three children. They forgot how it happened. Uh, when I meet single young professionals, they go, oh, I'm tired. It's like, shut up. Wait till you're married and have three kids. You know, then you'll know what tired is, amen? And so, but Josh has 30 kids, you know, and he's vibrant, my gosh. And so she had signed up to be a part of hospitality. And when she was going to church, her car broke down. Now, I, I want you to know, I'm the pastor of the church, and if I'm driving and the oil light comes on in my car, it's like, oh, I think that's a sign from Jesus. I'm going home and watch TV, amen? <laughs> the Seahawks are on. Thank you, Lord, my God. You made a way where there seemed to be no way. I mean, come on, how many of us ever pray, Lord, if you want me to go to that service, give me all green lights. Oh, you get a caution like, oh, thank you, I'm free. The cross has freed me today. Come on. <laughs> she has three children. Her car breaks down. I, I'd have called it a go. I'd have called it quits. I'd have said, Lord, I tried. But you know what she did? She walks to the bus stop with her three children, calls the team leader. I'll be there. I'll be a little bit late, but I, I've committed. And she shows up. You see, it will not just be a few that will make this church globally known. It will be when all of us say, we're going to run and we're going to water the camels. We're not only going to water you. Oh, no, homegirl. We're going to water your dog, your mom, your grandparents. We're going to water your whole neighborhood that the world will see. We have faith in our giving. Come on. Can you say amen? And it's something about that. Now, as we end, and the worship team's going to come up, and they're going to just play some karaoke music right behind me. And, and you're just going to get so, so touched. <laughs> you're in one of the greatest seasons of your entire life, not just because of your age and being in L.A., but because you're in Zoe Church. I know what it is to help start a church, and I really vibe with you, Josh. In 1992, when Julia was nine, we moved to Seattle. I had seven offers to be a youth pastor. One of them was to make $100,000 a year. They put us up in the Hyatt. I'll never forget, I knelt down in that Hyatt. Oh, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. <laughs> I had a call to the youth of America. My wife had a call to the malls of America. She could have fulfilled her call, come on. <laughs> I kid you not. Lord says, this isn't what I have for you. I want you to get debt free. Because in a year, you're going to go on a journey. And the door's going to open. And they're not going to be able to afford you. And we would move. Our two babies would forget how it happened. And she got pregnant again. My God, it was the water in Seattle. <laughs> and we had no money. Our savings, portfolio, everything got down to $1,000.
And I remember thinking, my wife and I talked about it, should we tithe? That's 10%. I literally said, God, my whole life is a tithe. I am the tithe. <laughs> I serve. I set up. We were the janitors, the hosts, the greeters. We did everything. My gosh, they even used me for worship. Talk about karaoke on a Chinese restaurant on this Tuesday night. Come on. We did everything. And the Lord said, give that $1,000. And I said, God, that's all we have. And he says, yes, and I'm not asking for 1,001, just 1,000. So I said, well, Lord, it's not my money. It's Becky's, actually. And you said we have to be in agreement. Hey, use the word on the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? I said, you're going to have to speak to her. I kid you not. A couple days later, he spoke to her, and she said, God, put it on my heart where to give. And you guys, we were believing to get in a Kmart. And they were believing for nine people to give $1,000 above and beyond the tithe. They weren't thinking Jude and Becky would be those people. And we would give $1,000. And I only have no more time. <laughs> and so we'll end with this. That church would end up growing. And Jude and Becky had no money, but it's something about being stupid broke. You're going to be so happy <laughs> when you give of what's in your hand, camels, and you give your cash. Something begins to happen. And I tell you, you know what's interesting? That church now, today, is 10,000 people. Jude and Becky would buy a home. I don't even know how we got a home. We would sell that, make 10,000. Take that back, make 50,000. Buy another home, make 287,000. By the time we moved to California, for us, I know for you it's not a lot. It was a boatload of cash for us. We made a half a million dollars and put that down on a home by the beach. And you said, how did that happen? It's something about when you give of your resources, your camels, and you give of your cash, and you're doing it for a local church, and you're doing it for a move of God, and you have a vision in your heart, and you want to see people saved. L.A. can be saved. L.A. can experience the life-giving presence of Jesus Christ. And I end with this tonight. Verse 60, you know what Laban the thug prophesied? He said, our sister, may you become the mother. Augustine said, God is our father, but the church is our mother. Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands and ten thousands. I'm here to forecast over you. Zoe Church will only be a thousand at this moment, but we're not here to stay a thousand. We will be ten thousand. We will have campuses all throughout L.A. And listen, and it says, may your descendants possess the city. We are here to take over this city in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.